Welcome to UC Today with me, David Dangay. Today we have a great conversation. We're going to be talking about digital optimization and how that is impacting the customer experience landscape. I'm joined by Thomas from Toku. Welcome to the show, Thomas. How are you? Thank you, David. I'm doing great. Fantastic. Well, before we get into the conversation, Thomas, do you want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and the business? Sure. So I'm Thomas Labulo. I'm the CEO and founder of uh, Toku. Toku is a leading cloud communications and customer engagement platform specialized uh, for enterprises here in Asia Pacific. We are focusing on everything from connectivity to APIs and SDKs for the programmatic offering that we have to the end-to-end -end solutions that uh, are used by business teams uh, at our clients' uh, spaces. Right. So, um, Tomas, we've found ourselves in an interesting situation in the market. Um, I really want to get into, um, you know, where we are today. We've had three years, uh, roughly three years since the beginning of the pandemic. We've seen a lot of investment. We've seen a lot of overinvestment, overlapping services. Um, but where do you see, um, you know, the current state of the enterprise market and that need for digital optimization? Yes, yeah, so as you said, there was a lot of uh, movement over the last three years. Um, there was also for a number of companies quite a, a backlog that they needed to caught up with. And um, digital transformation has been on the agenda of most companies for now, well, several decades, actually. And uh, as you rightfully said, now digital transformation is still on a, a topic for, for many companies, but others that have already gone through that transformation from moving from on-premise to the cloud are now also looking at the next step, which is then how are we optimizing all these different technologies uh, and different interactions that we have with our customers, all the processes and the operations behind Behind. So that is now a, an additional phase and depending on the industry, depending on how much you've invested in the past as a company, you, you might still be doing your digital transformation or uh, having an overlap with uh, the digital optimization for some of your departments too. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you see that investment landscape, Thomas? I mean, a, a lot of people spent a lot of money over the last couple of years um, in, in a very short time frame. Um, you know, how, how significant is, is that investment? You know, we're heading into this sort of bit more of a downturn in the global macro environment. How, how do you view that? Well, the digital optimization is really all about um, looking now um, with with more uh, time being spent on, on these projects on what are the actual results? Um, how have these investments panned out? What is the return that we are seeing from it? So there is al already much more data than uh, three years ago for, for some of these technologies. And you also want to start looking at how can we further improve it um, or maybe change some of the implementations that we've done. Uh, it's also a lot about um, being more data driven and therefore making sure that everything that was decided sometimes in a rush because during COVID, some companies had to really, really catch up uh, and, and be very fast. And some implementations were, as we say, uh, quick and dirty. And now you are looking back and, and deciding with a little bit more time and a little bit more consideration uh, and definitely much more data on, okay, what were the good choices and the choices that maybe we want to even reinforce and somewhere we might want to pivot, uh, backtrack uh, or completely sunset. Well, let's talk about the approach then to this, uh, I guess, review period a lot of businesses find themselves in. Um, you know, wh why is it necessary for sort of to have a complete end-to-end -end approach 
for these enterprises to get this optimization right? Well, the end-to-end the -end approach really makes sense for large organizations and multinationals enterprises. It's really the enterprise segment that uh, we would be targeting and we would be recommending to have that end-to-end -end approach because there is so much operational complexity. Um, the fact that you have multiple markets that you need to cover as well. Uh, you're talking about different regulations, uh, different uh, maybe also legacy systems that have been interconnected. So having an end-to-end -end approach ensures that you are really working with the same vendor, with the same project team from um, designing the specs and actually first collecting all the business requirements and really having that initial design phase um, up to the, the very end of uh, actually deploying uh, the solution that has been uh, then mapped out together with the same vendor and then the ongoing maintenance. Because doing that, you will be able to streamline your processes much better. You will have greater efficiency, um, but even more important, um, you will have a very high level of accountability because it's the same provider that has accompanied you as a customer for the entire journey from in the initial design phase up to the go live. Yeah. You, I mean, are you seeing many companies get this wrong? Um, you know, we've got more data to call on than ever before. As a, as a user case study, we couldn't have asked for three years of richer data, really. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing in, in, in terms of companies who are not quite getting this right? Well, look, it's true that three years seems like, like a lot, but don't forget that the pace at which everything was evolving was also very high. And so there, it's normal that uh, some mistakes were, were made. Uh, also, the, the track record for some technologies, um, the, the way that some trends have been anticipated and then how they are turning out. Uh, we were talking about no one will ever go back to the office um, from now being in a hybrid work environment. So even, even that uh, has been uh, completely misanticipated uh, for, for, to some extent. Um, so it's normal that companies need time to, to adapt. And again, um, it's all about making sure that you are making the, the choices with enough consideration and are not rushing into that. Uh, during COVID, sometimes there the urgency was simply unavoidable. But now uh, we have time to actually really look at the data uh, learn from the best practices that have been developed over the past few years. And again, being sure that you are working uh, not only focused on the technology piece, but that you are also looking at having a holistic approach and looking at uh, the, the processes and the feedback that you are getting not only from your customers, that's very important, but it's also about the feedback that you are getting from your employees. Again, there are so many things that need to be interconnected to actually deliver that uh, perfect uh, customer engagement that you want, that excellence. Um, there, there are too many aspects to consider and just technology is not going to bring you there. Yeah, well, let's talk about um, some of those investments. Our audience are telling us, although uh, you know, 2023 might be a bit of a year of rationalization of some of that technology, there will still be mm -hmm. continued investments in this, in this space. Um, you know, how, how do you feel enterprises should approach this task of tying you know, those, that existing technology they've, they've um, purchased previously to these new investments that we're going to see come through? And how, how are they going to tie that together to get this sort of seamless customer experience? 
Sure, and you you said it right. The rationalization, by the by the way, the reduction of costs is 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 not something that uh, must be seen as um, also an impact on how fast you are going to innovate and how fast you are going to improve the customer journey. You can uh, make both coincide, and you can reconcile uh, efficiency, cost reduction, and improved customer uh, satisfaction. That is not an impossible task. You need to be, of course, uh, quite progressive about it and make sure that you are collecting. The the right data and measuring every change that you are making to your customer journey to see what is the actual impact and is it worth continuing on that path or should we uh, adapt a little bit. It's a little bit the same thing as uh, automation, right? Automation is a great way to improve um, your, your costs, um, your, your total expenses, but not everything that can be automated should be automated. Uh, you need to also see what is the impact that it has on my customer journey and therefore on the satisfaction uh, of our audience. So overall, um, what I think is, is, is happening in the market today is really uh, taking a step back to better accelerate behind and really collecting all the data. Um, I think there is also a lot of demand for best practices. That's why we also see uh, such a, a great need for the consulting arm uh, that uh, we, we now have here in, in Asia and the ability to accompany our customers from the design phase, listening to their pain points, listening to the business requirements that they have and then collectively come uh, to a solution that is going to bring together the technology piece, the better processes that they would need, and then also having that feedback loop that is so important for enterprises to deliver on their promise of an excellent customer engagement. Um, Tomas, you mentioned your your um, consultancy uh, part of the business there. Um, I'd let, let's maybe talk about Toku for a minute and um, maybe you could talk to some of the other support um, you offer your your, your customers out there for this uh, sort of period of optimization we all find ourselves in. Yes, uh, with pleasure. So, um, indeed, what we believe that there needs to be that holistic approach that I was uh, talking about a bit earlier, really, because there are for large enterprises uh, too many things to consider that you would just say, look, uh, here is our software, you can access it online, put your credit card and start using it. That's impossible for large organizations, because they will have processes that are already quite intricated with other systems, uh, some of these systems being third party systems, or um, proprietary systems that they've developed developed in-house simply because, as you know, for very large organizations, sometimes they're, they're simply not what they really need uh, available and they want to develop it in-house. So uh, having that approach of making sure that you will be able to give advice, not only on the best practices related to your contact center, to um, your business telephony, but can also start uh, looking at okay, what are the impacts on the changing regulatory environment? Uh, you are uh, working with customers that are present in multiple markets. And Asia-Pacific is an extremely fragmented region where the regulations are not um, entirely the same. There are very big differences from making sure that you are storing everything in, uh, in the market, in the country, from uh, having only the media that needs to remain in the market, on having also the right licenses, and not only from a technology provider uh, perspective, but also on the client side. And clients, are expecting that uh, the technology provider, and uh, in this case Toku, is able to help them navigate uh, the regulatory environment as well. Not only on the best practices of technology, but also on just 
how are they going to market? They are talking about business cases for marketing, sales, customer service. There are too many aspects to consider. And um, that's, I think, really our strength uh, in Asia Pacific. The team is present here. Everything gets developed uh, in, in Singapore and our regional hubs. And therefore, the customers that are also present in these markets feel very reassured that they're working with a provider that is also in the region and focused uh, with them on the same markets. Yeah, I mean, we, I see this time and time again with uh, businesses that operate across multiple um, regions. Uh, it is a very, very complex. So it's very important to get uh, a trusted partner on board with you to, to help you through that. Um, Tomas, before I let you go, I really want to sort of summarize um, some of this conversation. Uh, we, you know, we, we've got to, going to have a lot of businesses viewing this today thinking, I've made all these investments over the last three years. How do I bring all my learnings, all that data I've collected on how my employees are using this and to how my customer experience has changed and how do I tie that in with the investments I need to make this year? And uh, there's going to be a lot of people wondering, well, where do I start that journey? What, what are your sort of your top tips mm -hmm. to those business owners or, or uh, you know, the CIOs watching today thinking about this question? Uh, you know, where should I start? Sure. I, I think that first of all is about uh, having an, a, a real audit. Right about everything that is in place, um, looking at the data, uh, discovering the pain points, and uh, with the pain points also making the prioritization of these pain points. What is really going to impact uh, your customer satisfaction? What is maybe also hurting your uh, revenue generation or simply costing way too much uh, for, for what the purpose is of that uh, expense? So the audit is really a, a f the first place that I would start, and and you can that can do that in house or uh, with with different uh, consulting firms that uh, are specialized in in that aspect. And also regarding technology, it's true that um, there are constantly new things coming up on the market. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should rush into that. Um, it's a little bit the same as uh, when when we talk about the omni-channel um, customer engagement approach. It not every company, not every industry requires to have all the channels that are available. Uh, sometimes it's better to have only a few channels that work very, very well, that are extremely integrated with all your customer data repositories and that are providing that customer satisfaction rather than having uh, 10 channels and social media on top of it and so on and actually providing a, a poor overall um, customer experience. So it, it's really something that needs to be carefully um, evaluated, uh, I would say, and there is no need um, to rush into uh, changes, especially on the technology aspects. Uh, for large organizations, uh, changing technology should be something that they really look at very carefully because it takes months to do it properly and you don't want to have to change it uh, the next year. So Fantastic. really the, the audit, the reflection, um, those are the, the, the two main aspects, I would say, and then preferably working also with uh, a provider that uh, can give you the reassurance about their track record, their expertise and their ability uh, to accompany you not only from the design phase, but also later on in the implementation phase. Tomas, um, thank you so much for joining me. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for, um, but the, that was full of insights, and I think a lot of businesses are gonna take some, some golden nuggets of information away from this conversation, so thank you so much. Thank you, David.
And thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungate, on UC Today. If you like today's conversation, please give us a like and a share on social media. That's it from me. See you next time. <laughs>